0: Hello, my name is Tucker Johnson, and I am your host today as we experience Nimsy Live, where we talk about the latest and greatest in translation, localization, internationalization, culturalization, and all that fun stuff global companies need to delight their international customers or at least to not piss them off too much. In this program, we like to invite guests who like to have fun or and or have some value to add for our audience of globalization professionals. I'm always eager to provide a platform to those with a good story or a good data set. So let us know if there are any topics you'd like covered or guests we should reach out to for future episodes. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you are subscribed to NIMSY Insight. Uh, We are coming to you live today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, X, and LinkedIn, where Most of you guys are probably joining from, that's where our largest audience is from. So if you are joining us from any of those platforms, especially LinkedIn, make sure to take advantage of the comments. We're gonna bring those comments up on screen. You see over here. So if you have any questions, comments for the rest of the participants here today, then that's your way to engage with us. This is a live event, so make sure that you're taking advantage of that live functionality. If you're watching the recording of this, as let's be honest, most of you probably will, then make sure to check out all of our other archived episodes over on our YouTube channel, MC Insights on YouTube. We have over 100 episodes as well as free workshops and other interesting resources available for language industry professionals. Without further ado, let's get into today's topic. We are talking about Bridging the Gap, how AI localization enhances translation workflows. Today, we are joined by two experts building translation solutions powered by AI. They speak every day with customers that face the same challenges, translating with quality while doing this effectively and efficiently. In today's discussion, we are going to be sharing these experts' insights with you, the audience. And today we have, we are, who are those experts today? I can bring that up here. We are joined by Helena Pujol and Joe Brockbank from Localize. And quick introduction to Joe. Joe is a senior sales engineer at Localize with over a decade of experience in the translation and localization industry working at some of the world's largest LSPs and localization technology providers. He has worked in London, Singapore, and now Barcelona. In his role at Localize, he is a product expert with industry experience who serves as a consultant for potential and current customers. Helena is a senior product manager at, we Lo- at Localize. She's crafted B2B SaaS products in the digital identity, the observability, and the localization domains for the past 15 years. After taking care of localized integrations and developer tools, now she leads the efforts to make the most of AI power in localization workflows. Welcome to the show, Joe and Helena. It's so nice to have you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and I, I wanted to start, we were chatting a little bit before this, I wanted to start off first before we get into it. What the heck is Localize? What do you guys do over there? And I was digging around, doing a little bit of research, and I found a nice little intro video that I thought we could start off with here and then maybe let you explain If you have ever
1: localized your more. product before, or if you are just getting started now, you might've found the process to be frustrating. Interrupting the development team, scattering work across different systems, and finding design errors just before launch are all symptoms of a bad process. Localize fixes these problems and brings structure and automation to your localization workflow. You can translate any kind of digital asset, web apps, mobile apps, games, faster and more efficiently. Localize fits perfectly into your product development workflow. Developers can quickly build API integrations or connect their chosen code repository, such as GitHub, GitLab, Bitbucket, or Azure Repos, Designers can connect their favorite design tools so they can preview translations and fix any errors instantly. All of this before a single line of code is even written. This lets localization managers and translators do their job while developers and designers can focus on the development of other projects. Localize has lots of built-in features aimed at improving quality and productivity. Use translation memory create glossaries, and easily provide context in the form of comments or screenshots. Text on the screenshots will be automatically recognized and matched with keys. This means less work for everyone involved and fewer bugs. Use Localize to collaborate with your team and ship quality localized products faster. Automate your processes, eliminate routine tasks, and integrate with your existing tools. Localize. Accelerate localization from code to delivery.
0: I love that video. I think it does a pretty good job of telling us a little bit about what you guys do, which looks like everything, a little bit of everything going on in there. But Helena, why don't you fill in the blanks for us? Tell us a little bit more about Localize, the tool, and what you guys are doing over there.
2: Yeah. So basically, in the terminology of the localization industry, uh, Localize is a, a translation management system. Uh, we are a technology provider, and yep, So what kind of what Localize does is kind of a central repository where you send all the content that needs to be translated from your company, the different departments that can be product, of your apps, uh, that can be documentation, that can be your marketing assets, your email campaigns. Then you focus all the work within the translation management system. That's where you can decide how to translate its content depending on, on the quality that you need the requirements of the project. And that can be with humans, you can translate in house, you can place orders to LSPs, you can use machine translation or AI, and then you send the content back to where that content belongs to the tools where, where the content was originally created and that's it. So from, A technical point of view, you can reuse all the previous translations so your copies are always consistent across all the content in your company Um, you can centralize all that context that helps translators do a better job and then yeah it's easier to respect your brand guidelines no so you can respect your glossaries for the non-translatable terms for the forbidden terms and so on and from the management perspective you get the visibility of all the translation efforts uh, across uh, all your company and and it can help you track the progress of all the translation work so
0: what i'm hearing is it's a tms with a lot of a lot of capabilities, but with a particular focus on automation and efficiency and integrations, I should say. I was impressed, I was looking at your website earlier, I was impressed with the amount of out-of-box integrations that you have available. And it's very useful for client side localization programs that would wanna adopt it. And what better, when we're talking about automation and efficiency and integrations and stuff like that, what better topic than to talk about AI? Because that is the topic of the year here in the language services industry. I don't think I have a single podcast that has happened this year that we haven't ended up, we could be talking about, you know, the price of tea in China and somehow the the topic of ai comes up but we're gonna we're gonna um break the seal right away today and start talking about ai the name of this um podcast today which i didn't update i'm gonna update that well i let joe talk here the name of the podcast today is bridging the gap with ai joe what what's the gap when we're talking about bridging the gap what are we talking about there
3: yeah so we've seen that there's just like quite a big knowledge gap they're not really knowing of how best to use AI in localization processes at all. And that's not just coming from customers or buyers of Localize, it's like everyone in the industry from translators to LSPs to industry experts like yourself. Um, no one truly knows what the power of AI is going to bring in the future. And what Localize is doing is just showing what we've come up with in the last few months when it comes to uh, AI and LLMs or, whatever we want to call them and um, i'm just seeing prospects when i'm speaking to them like with especially with low localization maturity like copying and pasting into an ai chatbot like chat and just translate this into spanish mm. so i think we just need to consider how best to utilize ai and the best practices for the highest quality output um there seems to be also a lot of uncertainty about the Quality of AI as well, and and how buyers and sellers of these services and technology again can best uh, best like put out there what the what that quality is and and where we are right now in terms of AI. And I think we're all in this industry, in in the language technology language technology industry, all just sharing our results from what our all. Uh, real world api implementation is like we're at some point going to get to a time when we're all aligned again but it's a really exciting time right now because no one really knows what the other is doing we're all just going at it and yeah it's a really exciting time for the industry as as we all know
0: yeah one thing that i've been known to say in recent months is when you're talking or listening about ai be skeptical Right. There's lots of people talking about AI that sound authoritative, but have they actually done the research? I'm not saying there aren't people out there that you can listen to, but I also know there's a lot of people that are talking about AI just because they want the clicks, but haven't put in the fo- the the footwork yet to actually go about and do, do it. So be skeptical, everybody out there listening when you're hearing about AI, and I I can say that because I think earlier this week I hosted a whole podcast on AI with a bunch of us pontificating about what AI is and what AI isn't, right? Be skeptical of us, be skeptical of everybody that you hear, because I think the reality is a lot of folks just don't know yet, and anyone that's claiming to know exactly how this is going to affect our industry, um, I would say that that's probably speculative, at best out there. So I, I do appreciate the the stance that you're taking on this, which is like, let's figure this out. Let's figure this out together. And let's talk about, um, and talk about what that might mean for us in, in this gap that we have right now with AI. Because we do have, we've had machine translation for quite some time. And we've had neural machine translation for quite some time. And frankly, it's pretty good. Right, it's pretty good, and I think people are thinking AI might be the next replacement for that with large language models and stuff. But the reality is, you know, we've had this technology for a while, and from what I can tell, it seems like our existing neural machine translation engines are actually better, cheaper, and faster than using large language models and generative AI to talk on all these things. But I, I suppose this is where the gap comes in. So you're talking about the gap here. What? Well, what are some of the consequences that you've seen of this gap? What are some of the practical things that you've observed? Because you're you're talking to clients every single day, right? So I I guess a better question would be like, what are some of the gaps and consequences of that gaps that you've heard from the industry? Not just Joe's opinion, but from talking to all of the people that you talk to.
3: Yeah, like, because as I say, from going from just copying and pasting into a chatbot that's obviously going to be slower, right? If you're just copying key by key into a chatbot and not really, um, yeah. Accounting for all of the benefits that a TMS can bring like translation memory, which is still going to play a part like glossaries, like style guides, just any other context measures that a TMS can bring. Um, it's going to be slower and it's not going to be of the best quality and a drop there is like a drop in quality now versus the expectation of what AI can actually do. Like, it's not there yet. I like to think of it as we're just taking steps up to a point where we will fully automate translation with um, with generative AI. It is going to get to a point where there may no be no human translators left, but we're not there yet. And so this is just another iterance. It's another step towards that point, but we're just not there.
0: Um, yeah, I think there's just I'll a general jump in here and I'll just say like, maybe right when we, because the, the point is we don't know yet. So when we make broad claims, like it's going, translation is going to be taken over by AI 100%. It's like, I, I want to clarify, unless this is the, the point that you're trying to make, but I don't think it is. That's why I want to clarify. I don't think you're trying to make a point that we're all going to lose our jobs because AI is going to take over everything. Absolutely not. But Yeah, that's why, that's why I wanted to clarify. Years, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> right when now, no. we've evolved into <laughs> beings of pure energy in 10,000 yeah. years and are traveling the cosmos, yeah. perhaps. For
3: sure. No, no. And I think it's more just, um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of confusion right now from all sides on how to bring AI into the mix and, and what we're doing today and what we're doing as localized is trying to Bring that into a more collaborative environment to be the most efficient with uh, with translation and localization processes.
0: Well, and that kind of we, brings un- us. Sorry, Helena, please.
2: No, I, I wanted to share some insights because earlier this year, um, our research team conducted a study among all our customers to explore their perception of AI. Okay. And um, customers of Localize believe that I, I'm actually reading some of the conclusions. They believe that AI-driven translation tools will impact their workflows. And the aspects that were most often mentioned were that they expect increased efficiency. Mm. So AI tools will expedite the localization processes and that should result in faster turnarounds for sure. Then um, they also expect improved accuracy because the AI tools understand the context better and those nuances, those cultural nuances better. And the third aspect that was mentioned the most often is that they expect fewer human translators. Mm, But but. But. the thing is that AI adoption may reduce the need for human translators leading to potential cost savings. But uh, in the rest of the study, other questions highlighted that our customers still believe that the role of a human is still vital in, in yeah. providing high quality translations. So I don't think there was um, any customer expecting this to completely replace humans. And um, we think that the potential impact is that linguists will be more involved on the review phase yeah. to add that human touch and the extra quality instead of the translation process. Yeah. So ai is still perceived as a work companion i don't know what will happen in five years but right now there's still this diversity of opinions now of the potential impact and we're all figuring out and and as a technology provider we need to make these tools accessible but i don't think we are replacing anyone yet No, we are probably moving them in the in the workflow
0: well a couple exactly Uh, i think people's jobs are changing I, I One way I like to think of it is, will AI reduce the number of translators in our industry? Yes. Will it reduce the number of linguists? No. Right? Because you're still going to be needing linguists. They're just going to be doing different tasks. And I am not, I would not feel good about calling myself a linguist by any stretch of the imagination, but I am a project manager. And by my estimation, AI is posing a much bigger, I don't want to say threat, but it's um, a much bigger potential to disrupt project management, traditional project management workflows than it is to actually creating translations, right? Because AI isn't new. AI has been around for a while. What happened in 2023 is it was made accessible by open AI and then everybody else struggling to catch up with open AI, right? So it's just been made accessible to the public, but there's been companies that have been using this for years and years and years, and they're still doing just fine. Uh, last time I checked. Right. Um, which, which... I have a question for you then Tucker, actually, yep. like
3: how, how will that differ from like, so with localized when you want to automate the, the task creation to users, uh, whether that's a copy editor or a translator, uh, how will, and, and that's done by the API, right? We, when a, a, something is triggered, uh, like with a webhook, like an action, uh-huh. that that in, uh, starts the webhook and an action is created to create a task or close a task. But how will AI? How will AI specifically change the project manager job in that case? Because you just mentioned that, right? That that you think that that's how it is going to affect the project manager more than the translator.
0: Or the linguists? I mean, really good question. And I mean, a bunch of different ways, but let's just take one example, right? Um, Vendor selection, supply chain management, vendor management is, I think, a really viable way. And there's companies out there that are already doing this. They've been doing it for a while, which is as a project manager. I mean, I haven't slung files for years personally, so I haven't actually been a project manager for since Nimsy, probably but once a project manager always project manager but back in my day it was you know get the file email it to the translator um no before you even email it to the translator you got to figure out which translator am I going to send it to right and translators have different expertises they have different costs they have different they're they're not created the same right and one way I think AI can really help with that is automating the um, handoff handback and vendor selection process so you can scan a text with the the language models we have now it can scan a text and the ai will quote unquote understand the text right and okay this is aerospace engineering um the style is formal the intended users are x y and z and it will select a translator specific translator from a database based upon their expertise based upon their backgrounds based upon their past performance because all of this metadata is being logged and tracked by the system so things like that um more practical and i've been saying this frequently but if you haven't been listening to me frequently out there I would say if you're a project manager, be playing around with the chatbots. Get a $20 a month subscription to OpenAI, uh, what's it called, ChatGPT, or I like cloud.ai, C-L-A-U-D-E.ai. It's the one I like. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Um, And start using it to write better emails because as project managers, communication is what we do, emails to the client, emails to your vendors, emails to your boss, right? And I find that one of the biggest weaknesses that a lot of localization project managers have is just in their um, communication skills. And so be using these today, just on your own, don't wait for your boss to tell you, be using these today to start leveling up your communication skills, but a whole bunch of different applications out there but i'll turn it around to you guys and maybe there's a question for helena like what are some of the problems that you specifically are trying to solve at localize Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah so going back for a second to what tms do no? so um, two of the main benefits that we are providing to our customers is uh, faster time to market so you don't want to delay a release of the new version of your products just because you need to finish the localization work or you don't want to delay a marketing campaign so one variable is uh, time to market and the other is translation accuracy you want the translations to be adjusted to your project requirements yeah the brand tone of voice the industry terminology you want it to be free of errors so now there's new there's this new technology that everybody is curious about that we are talking we all understand that this has so much potential and and the way that we can interact now with these chatbots and and this chat GPT has so much potential. We know that uh, linguists, localization managers are already experimenting, or if if they are following your advice, Decker. Hmm. And we as technology providers, what we want to do is make this technology more accessible basically to our customers, to our partners, And then we uh, have embedded AI uh, in three parts of our product. Basically, these are three different capabilities that respond to different moments of the workflows and even different functions during the localization workflow. Now, we have what we call what we... Yes, thanks for the slide. So um, we uh, have what we call AI suggestions. And this is basically a help for translators who can again be either in-house or, or professionals that you hire and this is your work companion as a translator huh? it can suggest translation translations and and it's embedded in the editor so it's embedded in in the place where you usually work so now you have one more help one more companion that is uh, helping you to do the work
0: so th- these are and, all embedded directly into the tool
2: exactly that's one of the benefits and and you were saying we've been using mt for a while yes but it differs somehow um with mt because now you can literally explain uh, the context of the translation and you can give instructions to that companion with natural language mm. and the results are more accurate and, and nuanced so um, you have um, Really, a companion, someone that is helping you, you can talk to, to that machine. Someone
0: you can talk to. So you don't need yeah, to be exactly. able to write code in order to get results.
2: We we do that for you, yeah. And, and we can talk about what's the curation the, that we do. We can talk about this later. But yeah, and the thing is that it will take into account um, your glossary, your style guide, yeah, the translational memory. So this is the advantage of having everything in the same tool. And, and then uh, with suggestions, you can ask it for different variants of the, of the um, translation that you need to rephrase it, to shorten it, if you need to, to fit it in a certain design. And so that's the thing, it provides very good suggestions from the start, because we are doing that curation on your behalf. You don't okay. need to know how to exactly talk to ChatGPT to provide the, the translation Because that's that, a that whole
0: science in and of itself, like prompt engineering is, you know, what we call it. And just knowing how to give the inputs into ChatGPT so that you get the desired outputs, that's a skill. And, and that's what I say, project managers out there, go play around with it. That's what I'm talking about. That's a skill. You know, I used to, three years ago, I would have said, google is a skill how to google something to get better results because there's a whole syntax that you can use and you know my business partner renato he's one of the best googlers i've ever met he can get anything out of google but nowadays that's kind of obsolete because it's all about how do i ask chat gpt or how do i ask any of these other models to get something so you're saying that you do a lot of that for the people so that they can just use plain language
2: yep Exactly. Now, the second uh, capability that we have added is the translation tasks with AI. And basically it does the same, but in bulk, you can send tens of thousands of words for translation with AI. And again, still respecting the the context, the glossary, the style guide, so on. And this is more for the localization managers. And and the benefit here is that you can do the same with in a scalable way.
0: So, and and that's chat, using yeah. actual, it, it, is that using machine translation, which?
2: Yeah, we're, we're talking about ChatGPT here.
0: Oh, we're talking about, so that's using ChatGPT. Okay. Yes. Okay, so new technology. Yep. Got it. Okay.
2: But it's it's leveraging everything that the system already knows about your projects, for okay. example, the machine translation. and. Yeah.
0: So it's kind of like, you know, the equivalent of training your own machine translation engine. You're training your own model for the the AI to use, so it's giving results specific to you.
2: Exactly. This is something that we do. If you have your style guides, if you add context and so on. But the the cool thing about translation tasks is that it's not a translator that is using suggestions one by one. It's that you get that in bulk. Okay.
0: Thank you. All right. And lastly.
2: And lastly, is the LQA tasks. Okay. And again, so it's similar. It will evaluate many translations at once. It will generate a report with the scores, if if it's a a fail or a pass for for every translation. And it will also suggest corrections um, for different categories of errors, of course. And this is more for reviewers. So they can focus on, on really the critical errors and what matters the most. And Yeah, exactly. The benefit here is a quicker turnaround and to be able to have more, more confidence on the translations. And actually we have internally as a technology provider, we have these, these aspiration, this midterm goal, and it's making this translation uh, quality assessments a habit for our customers. Okay. So, so they can ensure that the quality is always consistent because this is not something that mm, mm, most of them are doing yet
0: well and that brings up a good point first first off i've i've been hearing very good things about applications for of ai for language quality assurance um, it's one of those use cases that is getting really good practical results for those people that have actually been doing the testing on it right so that makes sense it works And I like to think of it as how you just put it is it's not necessarily replacing yet traditional LQA and quality management frameworks and processes, but it's enabling more LQA to be done. And it's kind of like what machine translation did for our industry. And, you know, when machine translation was coming around, they, oh, it's going to replace translations and translators are going to be out of a job and last time i checked we all still have jobs well most of us still have jobs but what machine translation has done is it's enabled client side localization teams to do more more with the same amount or even more with less so that content from their you know hundreds of thousands of words of knowledge base articles or help documentation that previously there was no roi on paying a translator to translate it well, now we can just run it through machine translation. Is it perfect? Yeah, it's good enough, right? And that's how I kind of look at automated LQA using AI is for your high priority content, you still might want everything reviewed by a human translator from the first round, um, but there's a bunch of content that you're not investing in LQA. Like back when I would manage projects, typical LQA would be 10% if for yeah. a high priority project. We'd, we'd QA 10% of the work. And if it sucked, then we might QA the rest of it, right? But that was kind of our sanity check. And this is allowing for a much more comprehensive sanity check over 100%. And it's giving the reviewer the option to kind of manage by um, exception. Like they get a report <laughs> that says, here's the flags. You're like, all right, this, this is false positive, false positive, false positive. And they can get through a, a full text much, quick, much more quickly.
2: Exactly. What we are all trying to do is expand the volume of customers that we reach. Yeah.
0: Oh, and the amount that your existing customers can yeah. get done, right? With, with the same tool sets, right? Because everything, everything is embedded right there in the tool sets. And I think that's crucial, a crucial point, because right now a lot of the work that's happening in AI is copy and paste. You know, I'm, I'm taking stuff and I'm pasting it into chat GPT and then I'm copying it back out the results. Right. And so the embedded functionality, I think, is super important. It's an important point. So um, any any other comments or right, I'll take this slide off the screen. Um, Joe, back to you. Um, Based upon everything that we've been talking about so far, far with translation workflows and we kind of got into it already with the LQA and all that stuff, how would you say that AI or specifically the applications that you're pushing in localized for AI, how is that influencing or even changing the current workflows um, today and how do you foresee that changing more in the future? Sure,
3: we're like seeing... It's, it's very similar to what we're already seeing with MT, right? We're seeing how, um, well, it's especially it's like a human post-editing, instead of it being uh, machine translation, it's going to be AI translations. So as we saw, like bulk tasking everything using AI, and then a human post-editing of all of the content, which, of course, reduces uh, the translation timeline considerably against human translation, uh, obviously, bringing more efficiency to the process um and it increases the quality versus our other mt offerings like uh, google translate that we have built into to localize and BPEL the standard uh, non custom mt engine yeah. um another workflow that we're seeing is obviously use like a standard human translation using the ai suggestions and then an ai lqa so obviously it's the most time-consuming process but likely the best quality because as we've already discussed today the quality comes from humans and if they're obviously being powered and to use ai as well to get the best translations then they're getting the best of both the custom our customers are getting the best of both worlds uh, providing ai technology to humans at source while translating in a way that they're similarly uh, been using TM uh, matches and MT to this point, just another step forward. And then one that we wouldn't necessarily recommend, but we've seen customers doing is uh, using AI translations, skipping a human post editing, but then having them review those segments flagged in the AI LQA. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously very quick to market. Yep. Um, so less changes, less work um, is going to make you translate much faster, but it's going to have, uh, implications on quality. And even at this point, we're still not suggesting that there's no human inter- intervention. And this is probably more for those customers that were just using MT before with no human intervention.
0: Right. So and I've heard good things yeah, I mean, it's, about I think, the results of that, about the first time I heard it, I was like, really, I was super skeptical, but essentially it's automated post-editing right? It's machines doing the post-editing. And I was skeptical about it because I'm like, you're telling me that machines are reviewing the work done by machines. Like, how does that track? But the more that I've found out and been educated about it, it, there's getting some pretty good results from that. And at the very least, what it's doing, like you said, is it's flagging the issues that do need to be reviewed by a human, but not everything necessarily needs to be reviewed by a human.
3: Yeah, you're asking it to mark its own homework, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, that's just kind of a scary Skynet situation when the machines are reviewing the machines. But yeah, I, 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 sure. I see it already. I see it on a day to i because I'll say, like, to ChatGPT, I'll have ChatGPT, like, help write an email, for example, and then I'll go paste it into Gmail, and then my Grammarly kicks in, and starts correcting all of ChatGPT's mistakes. I'm like, well, shoot, which machine is right, (laughs) right?
3: Exactly, yeah.
0: What about, um, and we had a question in chat here. Uh, Thanks, Nectaria. It says, I missed the first part of the show, but did we already talk about terminology management? I, I think we've touched on it briefly, but we haven't really gone into depth into it. What are some of the applications that you see when it comes to terminology? management and terminology work for AI?
2: Do you mean um, managing glossaries and and handling that terminology that is proper to a a company?
0: I'm going to say yes, unless Nictaria has a follow up comment here. Um, In any regard, she says, did you already talk about terminology management? How I would interpret that is like. For me, like terminology management, I think AI could do, and this is speculative, I haven't tested this. AI could do a really good job of terminology extraction, like source terminology work, right? Figuring out what are the key terms here, um, uh, managing metadata, coming up with different, you know, like a, a true glossary is going to have different cases and word forms for each segment, you know, stuff like that. But open question. about terminology?
2: No, this is more, this is something that definitely we we need to consider in the future. So it's not just using AI for for the translations themselves, but yeah, to actually build that knowledge base for our customers. So going through a website and reviewing everything there, going through all your documentation, building your own style guides, bringing your building your guidelines so this is in our roadmap for next year and actually we are very excited because we now have a, a team that is working exclusively on ai and and we are not only going to use third-party tools but we will be able to enhance way more um our own models and this is part of what we are going to do yeah,
0: yeah it looks like natari did clar- clarify she says and also term extraction Right. And I, I think that, that's part two. yeah, that's part two. So it, it is on the roadmap and a lot of this stuff. What, what I tell what I've been telling clients out there is you want to be working with a vendor that not necessarily has all of the answers when it comes to AI, because everyone wants to work with AI now, and you don't necessarily need to work with a vendor that has all of the solutions right now. You need to work with a vendor that is thinking about it, experimenting with it and has a roadmap built to it because there is no one out there. Right now that has all of the solutions already built around this new technology. Um, But if you work with a vendor, whether it's a technology vendor or an LSP, if you work with a vendor Mm -hmm. that is thinking forward about these things, then they're going to either grow with you or best case scenario lead you into the new developments and you're not going to have to worry about it, I would say. So speaking of customers, client-side localization programs, um, you guys talk to a lot of different customers out there. Um, What, and and you already mentioned, you you ran a survey of, of your customers. So you have a pretty good idea of their feedback, but specifically, I know everyone wants to work with AI, unless your data shows otherwise, correct me if I'm wrong. Everyone wants to work with AI, but most people are already working with machine translation how do you see the perception of AI versus machine translation? Are these two competing technologies? Do they supplement each other? Like we were talking about with the AI post editing. Um, what's the general temperature of the industry based upon your guys's interaction?
2: Yeah, it depends on who you ask and It depends on the, on the accessibility to different entities that that you might have at hand so because we know that there are lsp's with super advanced uh, models uh, working with nmt for years with customers they have um, customized the models for them but that's not true for our customers so um, now we're making that this again more accessible they can choose between mt so in in the case of localized the mt that we are providing is um, quite Mm, I wouldn't say it's the most advanced, <laughs> to be honest. So in this case, mm, AI can even compete uh, now. And in particular, one way to, f- that we are uh, trying to measure the, the quality that AI is providing is exactly by comparing the volume of post-edits between um, AI and MT. Okay. And we're starting to, to get the first results and oh, so you, we you have results make... can you share
0: those with us or is uh, it still
2: more or less high, okay. high level high level high level high level <laughs> So, all right yeah high level so well probably the the conclusion is not super um, uh, new but the results depend so much on the on the target language and we are seeing very good results for languages like spanish french mandarin and then not so good results for latvian MT still works way better for Labian, for example, than, than other languages. So yeah, that's why our roadmap next year focuses totally on, on improving the quality. And also it focuses on trying to integrate other engines, for example, Claude, as you mentioned before, and, and other engines that might work better with different um, target languages and, and different content types.
0: How do you get around the, and I don't want to get too technical here, so I'm not asking this because I ain't too technical either. Um, But how do you get around this phenomenon of hallucination that it's come to be known by when it comes to AI? Because that to me is one of, not the only, one of the blockers slash risks I would see in fully adopting an AI-driven translation solution.
2: Yeah. And that smile that tells middle. me, like,
0: you we have been asked this question before.
2: <laughs> Let, let's define what uh hallucination is. I like to define it is that the results seem to make total sense because they are written in a way that oh, is. They totally, sound good. Yeah. Yeah. They sound good, but actually they are totally made up yeah. by the AI. Yeah. So, yeah. So, definitely. So, um, there are. LQA tools that work way better with this equal tools that have been expressly designed for to work with the new LLMs to work with these generative AIs, for example, x And yeah, we definitely think that this is something that, that can enhance also our LQA.
0: Okay. And going kind of off script here uh, just another question that I have, because it's something that I foresee could be a a interesting application for AI, which machine translation doesn't necessarily do well currently, which is transcreation, right? Transcreation and local language copywriting. Um, in my mind, if I have, and like the example I always use, if I have a marketing campaign, why create one in English and then have it translated? Especially if I'm using AI, which I should be, to help generate that English marketing campaign. Why not just have the AI create me five different marketing campaigns that are specific to each language and culture, right? Have you... I'm sure the answer is, I already know the answer. It's on the roadmap, right? But, but what, no, what what no. have we thought about that? Oh, okay. Tell me, tell me.
2: No, not this time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll be honest. So I've discussed with, this with our partners, LSPs. And yeah, some of them are considering this. Um, to be honest, I won't say this is in our roadmap. It, okay. it might be at some point if we see that there's interest. But right now we're focusing more on the translation phase, to be honest, and, and the review and to help um mm, with the current workflows that that we have right now and something that is definitely in, under discussion for for next year is helping review or assess the the, um, the syntax the grammar the content of the uh, the original um language but not necessarily create it so okay. maybe i disappointed you by saying oh. that this is not in the roadmap but <laughs> oh, not everything is on the roadmap yet yeah
0: no, that, that's that's fine. It's just it's a curious topic that I'm always interested in finding out more about myself. So you mentioned the, the current workflows that we have. And I have one more slide here that I wanted to bring up. Um, three workflows that you outline here. First, human translations with AI-assisted suggestions plus AI LQA. Second workflow, AI translations with a human review. So kind of reverse that. And then the third is AI translations plus AI LQA plus human post edit, and I want to bring this up because these are three different approaches, each using humans, and each using AI in different, and some using machine translation. Um, each is slightly different, and you know, putting AI and humans and MT at different parts in the process. Do you foresee a situation where? All of these three, you know, five years from now, once the dust has settled and the hype is kind of calmed down a little bit on AI, and it's just kind of adopted into our workflow. Do you foresee a situation where these three workflows are all valid and implemented based upon the use case, or do you see a clear winner here on how the industry is going? And, you know, five years from now, everything's going to be AI translations with AI LQA and then a human post-edit.
3: I do think that we're still likely to have a large human intervention and it is going to be at the post-editing level. Like I think right now, I think right now it's going to be that it's mostly at that post-editing level, not at the translation level, but we don't recommend that third one so much where there's very little or no human intervention. Um, We may get to a point in the future where like we know that the, the role of a linguist, not translator, but the linguist is going to change. Um, Like defining the style guides that are gonna be used to uh, prompt the engine. Uh, They're gonna be reviewing the glossaries and managing those glossaries more in in the future. They're gonna be reviewing the output of the AI as in that copy editing phase. They're gonna be prompt designers, changing the prompts as and when based on the output, you know, this is how things are gonna change in future. Yeah.
0: And it makes me wonder, like if I had to advise, because there's people that go to school to become translators and interpreters, right? And, you know, someone asked me the other day, what advice would I give to someone who, a younger person who's looking to get into the industry and wants to become a translator? Would I tell them, you know, go to this school study this, study that, or would I tell them to run, right? The industry is dying, run away. I wouldn't tell them to run away. But I think my advice would be, yeah, sure, go study how to be a translator. Take those translation courses. It's very valuable. But you need minor in, I don't know, computational linguistics or something. Minor in something that's going to allow you to not just be a wordsmith, but also allow you to leverage technology because it, it goes back to the old, you know, translators aren't going to be replaced by MT. They're going to be replaced by translators who use MT. Right. And sure. I can I can say that about not just translators but localization project managers, all of us. You know, you're fine. You're not going to be replaced by AI, but you will be replaced by your colleague sitting three desks down who is using AI. Once again, if I haven't said it, if you're listening to this and you're a project manager, play around with AI, just get your hands dirty, experiment, make mistakes, waste time, um, be an early adopter. And this would be my advice for people. Well, I'm watching, sure. I'm watching the clock here, guys. And I wanna give you guys an opportunity. Any closing arguments? Uh, but I, I need to plug your guys' localize with an S dot com. you can find out more about them um follow them on linkedin well what other how do people reach out to you if they want more information about the localized tool i'm sure there's people listening today who are like oh wow this looks like a really cool tool i can help me streamline stuff what are the next steps you can email me
3: at joe.brockbank localized.com for sure and I'll put you in touch with, uh, yeah, one of our account executives or we can just jump on a call and chat and see what your situation is right now. Yeah, that's probably how I'd tell you to proceed. But I think I think we're just living in such an exciting time in localization. It's, it's really great. Like I've not seen this much change in the industry since, you know, since Trotto Studio came about and then since machine translation. It's just... It's just a really exciting time to
0: be here, and I'm so glad that I'm part of the journey uh, with Localize. It is an exciting time. Elena? And
2: I was yeah. I was gonna suggest our audience to just try it out. It's registered on Localize. You have a free trial. You can try out not only AI, but all the other features that, that we are providing and integrations and MT and, and so on. Give it a try, reach out to us, we have the best, support team ever so they (laughs) they will help you and yeah so we we want to we aspire to a moment where localization is no longer a a luxury but a necessity for for all companies and and we think that we are on, on that journey with these new tools that can make everything easier for for companies we have that have that challenge to localize their contents
0: there we go an optimistic outlook and thank you guys for sharing your experience with this sharing your vision of the future um I'm as as well am excited to see what the future brings with AI and localization it's gonna change stuff it's gonna change stuff I think we'll still have jobs but they might look a little bit differently so once again thank you guys I'm going to take us out here so ladies gentlemen chat we are out of time for today if you enjoyed this NIMSY Live Experience, then make sure you're following us on LinkedIn so that you will be notified when we publish new episodes or when we schedule new events out there. Um, Follow us on LinkedIn, follow us on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, check out our website, NIMSY.com, all of that good stuff. I appreciate our guests today, Joe and Helena. I appreciate all my colleagues here at NIMSY Insights doing all the hard work to educate and improve our industry. And I appreciate you, the audience, who are joining us live today. All of the dialogue and chat, everyone who left comments, questions, and especially criticisms. And I will look forward to next time. Cheers.